2: Good morning, football. Way to leave me stranded, guys. I appreciate you. Hey, good morning, football podcast. Little understudy. That is Peter Schrager vocal styling. Hi, Peter. Hey, guys. Nate, dog.
3: Hey, Kay. What's up? Oh,
2: hey. What you drinking there? Oh, Um, the I got a
4: caramel frap. Yep. Use.
3: Unreal.
2: Kyle and I are watching our weight.
4: Yeah, big time. I'm watching. For what? because uh, I'm
2: only doing it because Kyle does it. It's really funny.
4: I chunked up. I, I chunk up seasonally. You know? <laughs> really? He's the out end of, his of the mind. year Yeah, it's dark beers. It's is heavy. It the, is it
1: the New York winter or is it the football
4: season no, no. or is it? I got what? fat as hell in Orange County, California. No, it's the Thanksgiving. It's Christmas. It's it's beer. It's so whiskey. This is year it's and food. year out for you. Oh yeah, every year. I carry around my December weight, and then January it's called weight cutting time. So
2: what's the key to cutting the weight? Just pure diet? Or are you working out now?
4: I'll tell you, working out for sure. You have to. But I'll tell you this, and we talked about this, this morning, you and me. If anybody ever wants to lose weight, you have have to step on a scale. If you're not no stepping way. on a scale, you're not keeping score. It's like playing basketball. You don't know what the score is. The second you see that, We're ten number, days
1: into January, Are yes. you
4: being good. I'm being great. I'm 100 percent locked in, dude. This Coke Zero I had brisket right the other a huge... day. I did.
2: Yes, he went over to your neighbor's house. You told oh, me that's, me that's true. Come that on. was a bad night. I
4: got invited by my neighbor, and I had to eat because they served the food. That was but January. I'm, I'm down 3.5 pounds in January. So yes, no one wants to hear about my diet. My point is. Kay and I are trying to watch ours because I'm, I I'm trying to get hear, in Super Bowl shape.
2: I want to hear about Nate's diet because you've got this amazing Gatorade thing coming
4: up. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, I'm, I'm flying
3: to Tampa. I think I'm flying to Sarasota, in and out of Sarasota. And I'm going to the Gatorade headquarters, one of the headquarters, and we're doing this comprehensive workout where they strap me up. I do a treadmill, um, kind of increase from like two miles an hour. To what does it mean they
2: strap you up? What? Like
3: strap me up. Those with sensor uh, pads all over your chest? Sensor pads, the EKG. Wow. They want to test my heart, test my, my pulse, and then also figure out how much oxygen I have in my sweat and carbon dioxide. And then after that, after an hour or so on the treadmill, we're going straight to the field where they outsource one of the top like – uh, training staff. So, so we're gonna go through a hour long field workout, which I- I'm really nervous about because mm-hmm. I don't do field workouts anymore. But they have a new formula that they're releasing. and
4: Like a flavor or a formula? I think it's a formula, okay. not just a flavor. Coke did that once.
3: And they want to new basically Gatorade, get yeah. some athletes that are playing now, that have played, and see how we respond to this new formula, given the fact so that So it's not necessarily for a years. commercial.
1: You're not filming a commercial. You're doing an actual, like, you're, you're the guinea pig here.
3: I'm kind of the guinea pig, and the, the content will live on NFL.com because they have a relationship with Gatorade, also Gatorade.com. But you know, I'm trying to wow them. I want I want to have my yeah. body right, so then they do see the content and use it as a commercial.
2: I just don't know why they didn't ask me to do this. <laughs> well, I don't think they've seen the pop film yet. I can only imagine what the findings would be like. Mm, Eat excessive amounts of flaming hot Cheetos. Like yeah. <laughs> that would not be good. What was the last
3: time you had some flaming hot Cheetos?
2: Uh, probably like two days ago. <laughs> yeah. legitimately. At one point this weekend, I for sure had flaming hot Cheetos. That's crazy. When you guys, Sorry. when you
1: guys were in college, did you ever get that thing where it's like, hey, for forty dollars a day, they're doing some crazy tests uh like a science <laughs> and test and you're like hmm. and you consider yeah. it and you're like okay and they would let you watch movies and maybe okay i guess
2: i,
3: I took some about. different <laughs> health tests in college that they were, <laughs> different tests they yeah. would,
2: sometimes they would pay like thousands thou wows like
3: take some pills take some see pills what oh, oh, really? yeah like a like science like real study. guinea pig yeah. stuff yeah no i never did anything i would have like did it no. in college for sure 100 well we are well i need this one see. person to go with you to do a dumb idea we're excited uh all right guys
4: Go ahead. No, I, 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 Go on. I, it, it was right. You got me fired up about Gatorade. Yeah. I get fired up about Gatorade like people do about Scotch. Why?
2: or something Like that? Really?
4: It's just like I, I, there was nothing better than like being in seventh grade and going to basketball practice and then having like a nice tall Gatorade on yeah. the sideline. You
2: can't compare Scotch to Gatorade. I like, did. Eh, well, wrong. look, we'll
4: get to the alcohol part of it too, but. Everyone had their favorite flavor, yep. and mine was always Citrus Cooler because it was marketed as Michael's favorite flavor, and it is hand-printed on it and everything. Yeah. Later in life, I would drink a Citrus Cooler. Kate, when they had the medium-sized Gatorade bottles, if you drank it just to where the Ridge was and filled the rest with vodka, perfect mix.
0: Mm. Perfect, perfect mix.
4: Gatorade really Vodka that. Day Drink is perfect. Sounds right like they already the had Ridge. the formula, Nate. And yeah, nice, right, a that's the Nice head, the head, <laughs> head <laughs> buzz. A nice, a nice head, head bajink. One of those, you're good. I know exactly Willie's Pub and say.
2: Pool at Columbia, Missouri has Gatorade Red, the punch one, on tap. On the gun? On the gun.
4: Ooh, i love that pretty good Willie's pub there. and punch
2: Willie's pub and pool is That's the Pomo. pre-funk drink
4: right there yeah, it is. uh good let's stuff. talk
2: about this past weekend wild card came and went it was i mean it's sort of a letdown guys right mm-hmm.
3: yeah a little bit uh, but you know I, I still appreciate good football moments being that i played on some good teams and i played complaints. on some bad teams i don't really pay attention to the final score because you're always disappointed and i've been on both sides i blown out teams and then I've been the team getting blew out so when I see the final score I'm like okay all right cool it is what it is but I take moments within the game that really cause excitement so the Seattle game I was keeping an eye on that watching every single play and the moments in the game that stood out were the Seattle offense you know starting with Russell Wilson to Rawls and then Baldwin Richardson stepping up after the locker going down but then on the flip side the Lions receivers, you know, and these are all my guys, but I still have to be critical when guys don't perform. It just seems like they were out of sorts. And I think I used the words um, too big, the moment was too big for them, which you can take that many different ways, and I think athletes really take that to heart. So I hope they're not offended by that. But when you look at the comparison of what receivers made plays in wild card weekend and what didn't, maybe, maybe it was the moment, maybe it was the energy, maybe it was your body, maybe it was a feeling. But either way, the Seattle Seahawks made more plays, and the Detroit Lions receivers, I felt like, were somewhat of a letdown, because there were moments in the beginning of the game mm. where they could have moved the chains, and at the very least, mm-hmm. like changed position, like changed field position, which is always the game in the playoffs.
1: I thought the Giants wide receivers were a letdown. You know, that whole situation, it's been you know torn to shreds, all that stuff, but we came on the podcast last week, I think before, kind of ahead of the curve, we did it on Tuesday, and everyone was talking about it Thursday, Friday, about the receivers in the boat, and that's fine. Um, but they needed those guys as big as they could have possibly been, and I thought they shrunk as small as they could have been. I thought uh, Beckham's drops were on him. They weren't on Eli. I thought Eli showed up, and that's kind of where it's like I'm left like wishing there was more because – we always talk about good Eli, good Eli, wait till January. And I thought he brought it. He like did. Eli was pretty yeah. dialed in, and the rest of the gang didn't come with him. So I just feel like it was an opportunity missed. And I didn't like the fact that they were shirtless doing the selfies after a week of all the media attention. Why even put more spotlight on you? And just, you know, 14-13 in the third quarter, and then they end up losing 38 It was fun to
4: watch in a sense that, like, I've, I've called Odell a head case before. And I, what I mean is that he's extremely in his head, extremely emotional. And, like, after that first drop, he knew the pressure was on everyone was watching him that to me was like oh shit I just had a huge drop and then he had another drop and he dropped a touchdown so then a guy as emotional as him and as in his head as him I can't even imagine what he was thinking afterwards he had that whole speech we talked about him at the press conference and like he handled it pretty well it sounded to me like he had thought about a lot what he was going to say I mean
2: he punched that wall right I think he got yes. it out and then he hit the podium
4: he got it out and then to me that press conference was not spontaneous like Cam's last year that's very organic that was him being him mm-hmm. I feel like Odell Thought about what he was going to say like all week and all game. It was almost like he had memorized it in his head because he knew it was coming.
3: You know what's funny? We talk about the Giants towards the end of the year and we complimented that defense that stepped up big and they were so hot, so on fire. And then constantly we would talk about Odell and how that home run play could change a game. The slant route, it's yeah. the best route in football, yeah. and Odell runs it so well. But then we also, as a show, we kind of posed the question. What happens when you don't get that big home run hit from that offense? And that's exactly what we saw. We saw them struggle without that one big play or the two big plays. And that's unfortunate for that team because, yeah, we wanted to see Odell in the postseason. We wanted to see Ster- Sterling Shepard right. and Victor Cruz. We wanted to see Eli. We want to I mean, see the athletes, yeah, the stars. We wanted to see the playmakers. and guys have been there. But like you said, Peter, it didn't show up. And you take everything at face value. You know, I'm not going to hold any punches. He's a great receiver. One of the best in regular season. He could go down as a Hall of Famer if he's trending in the same direction. How
1: about Garofalo's comment today, Nate? Garofalo comes on our show, Mike Garfolo, the NFL Network reporter, who's plugged in with the Giants. He says, with a straight face, thinking I'm not going to react, and says, yeah, but I heard Odell Beckham had an amazing week of practice last week. Yeah. I
2: loved your reaction to that, Peter. It was
1: disgusting. It was like, you're carrying – and i call him Mike. I'm like, come on, Mike. <laughs> you got to push back on that. The guy who – practice, like, it doesn't matter. Where was he on Sunday? I,
3: I like it because it shows that he didn't come back from the trip – Hungover, or out of focus, but yeah, I think that I agree. was Mike's They said point. that all. They said <laughs> that all true.
2: preseason. Remember, yeah. I remember Kim Jones telling us that there's nobody oh that works God. harder yeah, on the field. You know, it's listen, all. Listen, I
3: agree with Schrager because Schrager, you're you were so disgusted, your face was classic Schrager face because because <laughs> it's about the moment, man.
1: I don't care if I rehearse in my mirror exactly before a show for 40 minutes. it doesn't matter. No to, one to sees you, that.
3: Just like the game had nothing to do with the vote, the game had nothing to do with practice. Like it's the moment. You can't have it both ways. So th- this is what I wanted to close out by saying is. Yeah, he's great in the regular season, but let's take everything at face value. I will continue to say that because as of right now, as it stands, Odell isn't a playoff receiver because mm-hmm. we don't know. Mm-hmm. We have no idea. Is he one of the best in the game? Yeah. Could he be number one in the game? Yeah. But as far as playoffs, this was his first playoff game. He remember, didn't show up. Do you remember? So we'll take it at face value. No, until right. nec- until next time, it's to game. be continued, dot, dot, dot.
2: If he gets there. T- if he gets
3: there.
1: Nate, T.O. saved his best. Steve Smith was amazing in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Antonio Brown, Larry Fitzgerald had the greatest single playoff you've ever seen. against. guess, yeah. Odell, be- Des Bryant showed up against this Packers. We just,
3: yeah. Kyle said it. He said Antonio Brown and Doug Baldwin might be the most say, emotional, so reliable, entertaining though, they guys. So they're the good. most
2: reliable receivers exactly. in the league. Yeah. You they're know definitely why? the most reliable receivers left in the playoffs. Yeah,
4: you're right. Those and you two. know why that was particularly disappointing as in the scheme of this weekend? was That, that was game number four. And the Three games before it were not good. I mean, it was a rough week in 1981 was the last time there was that big of a point differential on a wild card weekend. I want to go back just quickly to that first one. Raiders-Texans was yeah. Saturday afternoon, and we talked so much about it. And we knew it wasn't going to be great. And Nate, you particularly can relate to this. You ever go to a movie and if someone's like, it's not good, trust me, just lower your expectations. You're like, yeah, but I want to see it. I don't care. It's my favorite actor. Yeah, trust me, it sucks. I don't care. I I'm paying clerks the tickets. Okay. Clerks 2, right, perfect example. Jack and Jill with Adam Sandler? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Clerks 1 was awesome. <laughs> Jack and Jill, we'll see. Um, but you go anyway, you see. are one of five people in the theater, and you're you got like, popcorn. You su- got, I, you- I know it's gonna suck. I got my giant cherry Dr. Pepper, and then you watch it, like wow, this really did suck. This yeah. was even worse than I thought. Look, we didn't think Connor Cook was gonna be that bad, we didn't think the Raiders were gonna be that bad. It was awful. That's guys. A great that Jack and Jill movie was worse even than our friend told us it would be. The ESPN games the last few years, they had that horrible <laughs>
1: right. Cam Newton versus Ryan Lindley game last yep. year. They had a 30 to nothing Chiefs blood like I just feel like they got a bad, bad shuffle bad every draw. time. Yeah. yeah, you know, you got it's, some...
3: It's a great analogy. <laughs> so but, true because I was so excited. I was forcing myself to get excited about it. And it's just like that movie. You get there, you're forcing yourself to laugh at the previews, and you're talking to yourself like, yeah, I'll see those. I'll see those. And then the the credits open, and you're like, oh, this is going to be good. Yeah. And then you realize, I'm, I'm fake laughing. I'm not enjoying this Yeah, I want to see I not it pronounce you great. Chuck and Larry. Brock
2: Osweiler <laughs> didn't turn the ball over, though. Yeah, he was right. doing cool. an interception, so that was pretty huge. He's yeah. beaten Brady before, which is sort of interesting when he's with the Broncos. Obviously, the defense had a huge hand in that, all of the hand in that. Uh, But at least after this past weekend, the big point differential, the lopsidedness has left us with some awesome matchups this week and some great quarterback play. Right, We get to see Tom Brady. We get to see Aaron Rodgers. And I think there's no denying that Aaron Rodgers is at the top of his game and at the top of quarterbacks right Right. now. Right. Mm -hmm.
4: Well,
1: there's a cool like. Yeah, well, I mean, we what? argued
2: about this on the air, yes. so why huh? did not we really do it on the podcast?
1: I went. I, I got. I got. Cr- guys, so Get I can't in your say corners, this. Guys. I can't say this on air, but I went. I called like Aaron Rodgers 007. I called Rodgers like the greatest quarterback I've ever seen. we're super- the Twitter reaction—I mean, you would think that I did something really offensive. People are like, "Get off his blank!" And I thought it wasn't that hot of a take, but the Brady Mafia is huge. The Ben Mafia is huge. The Matty Matt, Ice. The Matt Ryan Falcon fans who are about uh, you know it was defensive of their corner, as you can imagine. The Dak Prescott fans mm. are very fired up about why weren't we talking about Dak? And then there was this crazy contingent of Russell Wilson fans that came at <laughs> us, and was like, "No one went." So I'm just saying right now, and it's a different debate of who would you rather have all time, who would you rather have in a Super Bowl, who would you rather have for one drive. But if I'm going into any game you right def- now. you got to
4: define it. One game to go into One in, game. Right, what what argument is it? One um, game?
1: One game. Okay. I'm taking Aaron Rodgers as my quarterback Ooh. right Why? now. Because I've never seen anyone so dialed in as he is right now, and it doesn't matter what's around him. Like, a couple of weeks ago, he was throwing the ball to Ripkowski and Geronimo Allison. And uh, on Sunday, it's, mm-hmm. you know, Randall Cobb emerges from, the, you know, the ankle hell that he was in to look like the best slot But isn't that ever.
4: also, in a lot of ways, the story of Brady's career, that you put any slot machine around him, any slot receiver around yeah. him, any running back, you're he right. plays with this guy, plays with that guy, it doesn't matter. And he it pretty much year.
2: week in, week out. Aaron yeah. Rodgers didn't start the season that way. No, you're
1: right. One game, right now, the way right he's now. playing. Because I also feel like four and six, and digging yourself out of that with all the pressure and everyone talking about you don't talk to your coach enough, and there's a rocky, road. like Brady's always ten and three, nine and four. Like there's never any real adversity in the regular season, and then he's got three games to go and then the Super Bowl. I'm not minimizing what he does, but it feels like Rodgers takes his team from the pits of hell, mm. throws him on his he shoulders, just does it and in a more finds exciting
2: a way. way. I think
1: it looks prettier too.
2: Then it looks a lot prettier.
3: Okay, but see, which isn't fair. That's where, like, I disagree with you because you said Rodgers brings his team out of the pits of hell. And, yeah, that's always appealing. That's a better story. That's a better movie to watch. It's a better book to read. But just because Brady is always in the, the clouds of heaven, like we forget he's up there. We're like, oh, man, it's just another good season. It's just another great year. Oh, Brady's doing it again without another yeah. guy. He's without Gronk. Oh, he made a thing out of Deion Lewis and Hogan, and Blunt has 18 touchdowns. And all these different pieces are starting to show up. And, I, you know, I'm saying this from the perspective of a guy that's played on the field. So when I had the jersey on, There's guys that I hated and I loved, all in the same breath. There were coaches and players. A-Rod was one of them, and Brady was one of them. I always hated and loved them. One, because they always won, Mm -hmm. and they did it so effortlessly. Now, sometimes Rodgers made it look a little bit more exciting because I think he's a little more agile. He's very athletic. Tom Brady just always seemed to be winning, and I feel like we just forget it and we expect it. Like, name a season where it starts and you think – that the Patriots aren't a contender. Yeah, yeah Nick. As far as to call him underappreciated,
2: he was one of your underappreciated storylines throughout the he season. He
3: was, yeah. and you just look at his numbers. I mean, without Gronk, it, fourteen TDs, one interception. He's I mean, only thrown two on the year, look and, at and Rogers, one was against eight straight the
2: games, twenty-two touchdowns, no interceptions.
3: Yeah, no, I agree. And the the argument is is, is up there, and you, you can't lose either way. Like we're picking from the best of the best. This is the cream of the crop.
2: Hopefully, we'll see who loses but in Houston. I'll,
3: I'll, I'll go with Brady, though. I, I love his composure. I don't know. There's something about... I'll go with Brady, too. There's
4: something about a guy that can run one game. Yeah. listen. Why are Brady, you going Brady? Brady has won more big games than Rodgers. He's played in a lot more than Rodgers. He's won more than Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers right now is physically superior, certainly with running and all that. He's got that killer instinct, all the... But Brady's been there so many times. Last time we saw Tom Brady in in a Super Bowl, I mean, he was going right down the field against Seattle. Julian Edelman, touchdown, insane. Aaron Rodgers has been to the Super Bowl one time. He's had a lot of shots that he's come up short. Aaron Rodgers is amazing, but give me one game, on Tom Brady.
2: Why are they so hated?
4: That's a great question. I I believe
3: it's the Kobe effect.
2: Tom Brady's so nice. Like, Rodgers is sort of standoffish. He's sarcastic.
4: He's dry.
3: Which I sort of enjoy. Yeah.
2: But I can understand why. What's maybe. the Kobe effect,
3: Nate? I feel like it's the Kobe effect. There's a lot of people that hate Kobe, that are outside of the, the Lakers fandom. And they hate him, not for reasons that are basketball related. They find other reasons, you know. And right, well, wronger, one big different. reason. Right, yeah. And there is. And, and, but there's people that just hate him because he wins so much. Sure. Same thing, Michael Jordan. When he was playing, he was the best in the game. You found people that love Mike. And he was the best in the game when he played. But then you find people that didn't like Mike. Who, and you're thinking, who how hated
2: do you hate though? Right? Knicks, fans, Knicks
3: fans, Knicks fans hate Michael really? Jordan. Listen to other yes. fans. You like, back to other in the nineties,
2: you hated Michael hate. Jordan.
1: I hated Michael Listen, Jordan as a kid. People hated. admire. People Kyle admire. And I like, what? Imagine going. Imagine going 60 wins every season, getting the playoffs, and knowing you're losing because of this one guy can. Just but to me,
4: wasn't it out. always? He, he ripped our hearts out, but we still couldn't help but love him because he's so incredible. No, I was. So a good player. in the
3: nineties. Players
4: hated Mike. Like, yeah.
3: name a player that's all good about
4: him. After he retired,
3: they fell in love with him. Like, wow. I, I really like lived in a that's bubble. That's how it's, it's going to be with Brady. Like you He's going to walk out of the game. Yeah,
2: I lived in a Chicago bubble.
3: And we're going to say, oh, my God. Six like,
1: championship Brady rings.
3: Brady was so good. Like, we'll appreciate him more when he's gone. And the players will, too. It's he's finally gone. Like, the, the master of the heel is finally gone. But, like, when Jordan was there, no, you think about it. Look back at some film and see when other players Come said, on. oh, Jordan, you're the greatest. Teammates, uh, Clyde too. Drexler and Barkley. And, nah, those guys hated Jordan. But then when he retired, because he's the greatest, they show him love.
2: At the top, is it Rodgers and Tom? That's the debate, and then it's every, pretty much everybody it's else? It's crazy,
1: because I think Matt Ryan was the best quarterback right. this year, I, but I don't think anyone would put him in the conversation. He hasn't put the
4: seasons together like those other guys have, and he hasn't played in the playoffs. And Ben's
1: got, what, two Super Bowl rings? Yeah. You know, Ben Roethlisberger pretty amazing career. He's a Hall of Famer, yet we don't even consider him, huh?
4: No, and I – I think about the Tom Brady thing, the thing what you were saying about he has a perfect life or whatever. You know, one thing I learned from radio is that there's a lot of really unhappy people out there who really like the NFL. And what I mean by that is that's their thing. You know, I I hate my job. I'm not in a good marriage. I got these kids running around. I got a bad back. I got no money. I got nothing. But, you know, every single Sunday, 16 Sundays a year, I I got my Steelers or I got my Dolphins. And they're always there for me. And Brady beats them every single time, year after year after year. And then on top of that, he's extremely good-looking. He's extremely yeah. rich. He's in movies. And then on top of that, there's a lot of controversy about him and the things that the Patriots have been involved in. Yeah. So now they think, this team that rips my heart out every single fall, they're, they're cheaters, and this guy lives a perfect life. F that guy. That's where a lot right. of it comes from. What about Rodgers? Rodgers is a little more complicated. I think Rogers, I don't
2: get as much like, oh, what about Dak? What about Matt Ryan? Sure. What about Big Ben? I just get I hate Rodgers. I hate Brady. And I'm like, what? Where is this coming from?
4: I think Rodgers. I think also something we mentioned is is Rodgers can be kind of condescending. Yeah. He kind of feels like the smartest guy in the room. I always was fascinated when Aaron Rodgers was coming up young in the NFL. He doesn't do much anymore. But if you used to watch Aaron Rodgers TMZ videos, I always thought they were very telling. I'm talking about when he comes out of a restaurant and someone's like, Hey, Aaron. Most of the time, where, guys. Why are, are you to watching?
2: Yeah, I, I used to watch TMZ <laughs>
4: Sports. Yeah. I used to love that stuff. And he would he would do things like, yeah, you know what? I think I should go get a real job. like He'd say that to those guys. Right. And this is when he was younger and brasher, whereas most of the time, guys of his stature know to blow by them, don't give them that soundbite He used to do that a lot. Hmm. And I, obviously he's learned from that. He's been in the pro- public profile. But look, Aaron Rodgers is the guy who his own teammates say. It's hard to understand his sense of humor. He quotes these movies we don't get. So I think there's some of that. He is the smartest guy in the room, and he knows it. And I think that can be off- put- off-putting.
1: I think a lot of that comes from him not being heavily recruited out of high school, having to go to the junior college, then, you know, going to Cal, and then being passed over in the mm-hmm. draft, it's different than Brady. Brady, I think, was a sixth round pick but was in the system and got his chance right away. Rogers took some lumps before he even got on the field, mm-hmm. and I think he holds that with him. And it's like, where were you all when mm-hmm. when I needed lumps. you? Or where,
3: I mean – I get the lumps, but look at comparison. Brady got drafted, I mean, what, sixth round right? Yeah. And, and – what? Oh, Rodgers had to wait a little bit. <laughs> right. It still got paid, but then we need, he, he, he learned from Brett Favre. I mean, those aren't really lumps. I mean, that's, that's a good journey to being a starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. Now, listen, I, I think with the comparison of the two, when I watched Brady as a competitor, like, I respect it. Even when he got fiery, and he, even when he talks I shit. I love like, it when he gets fired. I, I love it. It's the best. I call it uh, insane Tom, but <laughs> like cycle Tom. But then when I used to play against Aaron Rodgers, he would do these little things that would annoy me, like, annoy the hell out of me. He would celebrate more than we could ever celebrate. I'd start doing a celebration. The ref's like, Burleson, watch yourself. I'm like one step into it. Uh, Aaron Rodgers would do the discount double check at our sideline, like double time, bow, bow. And I'm like, why are you looking at us? Like, that's crazy. Like, what if I went went out there and I did my celebration towards your sideline? Mm-hmm. I'd probably get a flag. And then there's one in particular play I remember in Green Bay. He scrambles. He does what Aaron Rodgers does. And it's like that like hate but love. I'm like. Damn, I hate that guy, but that was a great run. He gets to our sideline, and it's like, you know, a handful of skilled players, a handful of DBs, and we're all just kind of watching the play, and he runs towards us. You know, it's the typical moment on the sideline where bravado meets bravado, ego meets ego, and we're all looking like, what, what, what? And he grabs the ball, and he tosses it to our kicker. And I'm like, out of all the people you choose on the sideline, like— It was, it was in Green Bay. Wow. But it was kind of like, all right, you had, you had all of us sit there to toss the ball to. Like, talk it to me. Let me talk trash Jason to you. Was it Jason Hansen? If, I don't know who it was. And I was thinking to myself, okay, it could have been <laughs> one of those moments where was. he didn't pay attention. But he just tossed it to the one guy that wasn't talking any trash. And I'm like, first of all, it's a jerk move. Second of all, why would you pick him? So, like, Tom wouldn't do that. T- Tom, even though he want to. He's more classy than uh-huh, that. Like he would go uh-huh. out and do something on the field that would annoy you even more. So, I don't know. Those are little things why I think players in the league yeah. might not like Aaron Rodgers because we see all those things. The fans might not see everything. They might listen. They might see his personality. But we see the, the subtlety things that are like, you know, no-nos, the unwritten rules of like, gameplay stuff.
2: Uh, are they boys? You think? Do they like? Are they friends? They're both from Northern North
3: California, Cal right? right? I don't, don't ever hear stories about them kicking it. Mm-mm. I uh, I they was backstage don't.
4: with Aaron Rodgers once. We used to do a Showtime show with Jim Rome, and Marlon Wayans was on the show as a guest. Hilarious! Hilarious! Yeah. And he's saying all this funny stuff, and he's just going to town on Peyton Manning, making fun of you know what he looks like and how big his head is, and I'm just like hilarious stuff. And I remember I go back and I was talking to Aaron Rodgers, or whatever, and prepping him for his interview I said oh did you see Marlon He's like yeah I met him I'm like oh he said this incredible thing about Peyton and I retold the joke and like it just died in the room like he didn't think it was funny at all and it was a funny joke I don't remember what it was it was Marlon Wayne's joke but like it (laughs) went over with crickets he's like yeah yeah and it was interesting I I know
1: that uh it's like interesting because we did a production meeting with them in week three and it's like you get all these quarterbacks at the production meeting and Roger sits down and I remember thinking I have no idea What's going to come, and we ended up going yeah. on a tangent and talking about South Park. How he was such he a South Park, South Park fan, yeah, loves it. And he lit up. He explained that Trey Parker and Matt Stone like brought him to his studio, right? And they spent a week together. And they, he showed them how to game plan and develop a show in wow. one week. Which and he takes was, forever, right? And it yeah. takes forever, and all the thought and process. And he was like, I immediately affiliated with that. And like he was so involved with that, I almost feel like. Rodgers would rather be, you know, talking about that stuff than necessarily like, here's this funny joke about Peyton Manning's head. You know what I mean? It's like, he's like, eh, come on, we're going to make fun of a guy's appearance. Like, it's like below him. Plus, I
4: think he respects like Peyton Manning and the position and whatnot. And like, when the guys have passed milestones, he'll go on camera and say, you're one of the greatest, everything. I think it was a combo. It was like the sort of low hanging fruit plus his personality. Yeah.
2: Well, Peyton sure. won the Super Bowl last year. Aaron Rodgers certainly leading his team in that direction. The momentum's on their side, and if it's if it's Rodgers and Brady in the Super Bowl, I will be through the roof happy. I know
3: the Fox bosses will be very happy. Well, it's kind of what you wanted, okay? You said I want. That's you were like, you know what, Lions? I'm I'm not sold on them because if they get past Seattle or if they get in, I don't want to see Rogers them because I feel like they're fake good. I want my Packers. You called it. And I'm
2: from Chicago. It doesn't even make any sense.
1: I actually have to take it back. I think the Fox bosses probably would be happiest with the Cowboys involved because the Cowboys have been such a ratings monster. But this game is like, you can't dream up a better divisional round matchup of Rodgers being so red hot being mm-hmm. maybe the biggest star in football the most polarizing star in football walking into the dungeon so let's the get layer. into it yeah. I mean, that, that is, is the everything. Sunday
2: Sunday game going uh, going in there they obviously face each other earlier this year Dak gets the win right at at, at Lambeau
4: yeah oh yeah early in the year mm-hmm. he, g- he gets the win going away and we talked that it's was just sort enough of Dak's to show you to
2: just throw any regular season out the yeah out the door I, I remember
4: that That was when we came in and after that game it was like oh my god you guys Dak this is this is for real for Real. It was like his coronation. He went and he beat Aaron Rodgers. This is crazy. But we talked about on the show today. With all these rematches this weekend, I hate drugging up the old uh, game from three months ago and it's taking like a real though, comparison.
2: It's tough, because that's all we've got. But that was a different Packers it, team. We kind of do it, not mean a lot, right? They all, they'll have Dez back. Is there one thing that you're really looking at in this one, Nate?
3: The running game. Uh, uh, not, not for the Packers. I'm not going to say they don't need the running game, but Aaron Rodgers is so hot right now. He can throw every route in the book and then use those underneath routes as the running game. But I mean running game for the Cowboys. Will they be able to control the clock? Will they be able to control the ground? What type of game plan will Green Bay come in with? Will they take a a note from the Giants and say, we're going to bring an extra guy in, in that box, to focus on Zeke so when he does get to the next level, because he's going to get there. That offensive line is so good. So once he gets past that D-line to the linebackers, it's not Zeke against Linebackers that aren't as agile. You got a safety right there to stop them. They take a note out of that book and then say, okay, Dez, okay, Terrence Williams, Jason Witten, Cole Beasley, you guys go ahead and beat us. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the question. And do the Green Bay Packers have the defense? I'm talking about defensive backs to hold up on the back end if they have that game plan. For me, I'm watching that. I will be watching the ground game. Yeah, I love the highlights. And they'll come. Like it, we'll, we'll see those when we replay all the highlights at the end of every game. All right, but but let's the running say, game is the most exciting part. But let's say
2: Rogers comes out, lights it up, which could happen. Sure. Because I don't know how much – I mean, that, that secondary for the Cowboys isn't as stout as the Giants, right? Nope. No. So no. It's, not, it's not a
3: question of could. It's us say. It's, so, it's so let's say wins. that
2: happens. And then Dak, you know, he sort of gets it going. He's got a security blanket. Cole Beasley, whatever, whatever. They're down. They're down big. Any chance? Yeah, we I know see you're it? going. Do we see him, you guys? Do we Is see he... who K? Romo. <laughs> Is there <Nah>. any chance? <laughs>
4: no. On alert no. five. They launch him on alert five <laughs> in this... a panic. Jerry Jones, so Jones comes down to the so sideline.
1: If Jerry was the coach, maybe, but Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett's
2: coach. You're saying he's going to let him lose this game if they're in the You Lose games sometimes you lose football. Storyline if that happens. I don't know. I'm asking. I think
1: sometimes you lose football games. Is the guy who got you there unless he's injured. I don't think he's he would have
3: to throw three interceptions.
1: I don't think even so. Even so, I don't think even so. I don't think even so. Three
4: the first half he's getting pulled. He, I agree. Throw pool. three in the first half is crazy he didn't top yeah, yeah, that, three in time for three But half. that's that's far
1: fetched. I, I think Jason think he
2: Garrett, throws two. If he throws two interceptions no in the first way. half to no. see, no. Jason
1: no, Garrett true. will go down with this shit. He he's more than happy to get fired if that's the case. If you're gonna make me play I think he's gonna ride Dak all the way and say, This is my guy, I'm a loyal guy. And Does he have the guy. reins in his hands? I think he
4: does. You in, do in game, yes. Okay. 'Cause you know Jerry Jones famously goes to the sideline, he's very involved, he's very present, there's nothing this that happens. A, to...
2: a good bet. You're saying there's no chance. There's no chance, Shakes.
1: Unless he's injured, I think there is no chance we see Tony Romo inserted for poor
3: play. I I, I, I... I politely just dis- oh agree well I agree that he's
4: not going to come in but three interceptions like I- anybody hey, it's, a hell, three a, interceptions. it's a hell of a story it's right? a hell of a story the story is if they don't put him in and they go and Dak throws those couple interceptions and oh, nobody the, puts him in the and Dallas then they lose since Then that's the whole offseason. We should have put Romo, and we never would have lost with Romo. Why didn't they put him in? That's Why didn't you story. put him in
2: in the second half? Together. Yes. It's like, let's go. He, he looked great when he was in there. He had chemistry, that throw to Terrence Williams for that touchdown. Oh,
4: I'm still stuck in why did they put Matt McGloin in against the Texans? I think he should have come in. That's already done, though. <laughs> I think the Romo thing would be fascinating, but probably play no role in it. I can't stop scratching this itch that the Cowboys are going to lose. That, look, there's no reason to think most dominant team in the NFC all year, the only team that really beat them has been knocked out. So, look, why shouldn't they just roll? We've never seen a rookie quarterback in the Super Bowl. I can't help but think that they're going to get upset, and I'm trying to come to terms with why. You guys think they're going to be in Houston around the table? You think we're going to see Dallas? I don't. I thought – The NFC is too good. That the Cowboys would have liked to play the Giants Uh
3: because it's so hard to beat a team three times in a row. You're right. And the reason I said that is because there was something in the back of my mind saying the Giants, I mean the Cowboys, don't want to face the Packers. Right. And I keep thinking the same thing, KB. Mm -hmm. I want the Cowboys to keep this Cinderella ride for these rookies going. It's
2: such a good game.
3: There's something in the back of my head saying they're not going to get past the Packers. Last year,
1: the number one seed in the West – or the AFC, was Denver. The number one seed in the NFC was Carolina. They held serve. Mm-hmm. They used that home field advantage. They did what good they point. had to do. If we go by the chalk, it will be Dallas, New England. The question is, who's going to flip the table, and is Aaron Rodgers good enough to go into Dallas? I'm telling you guys, it is
3: very hard to win. Listen, mm-hmm. you could flip that the defense table. defense for
2: Green Bay. Whew, let's if, go.
3: If you just think about some of these possible matchups – going on, like... How about Steelers-Cowboys? Would you want that one, with the two biggest fan bases? That's in the, the world? thing. Okay. America's team, the battle for America's Listen, team. How about Atlanta-Kansas City? Like, I mean, we're talking about explosive teams and explosive players. How about Seattle-New England for the third time to- like in recent awesome. years? So, like, either way, I feel like we can't lose because, yeah... This kid a rookie
2: quarterback making it all the way yeah. to Houston? It's,
3: it's very possible. Playing this, in the
2: Texas. If we go by the
1: chalk, right. they're going to they have the best record in football. They they should do it.
2: Steelers Chiefs. That's the uh, the early game on Sunday.
1: Kyle had a weird stat on our show today and Kyle, I mean, four times in a row. Everyone talks about Arrowhead, so hard to win, In the last four playoff games in Arrowhead, the Chiefs
4: have lost. Yeah, I, th- I think it was... Flacco it was, beat Castle, I know that. Flacco huh? beat Castle, but yeah, four in a row, four straight, the last time they They've won only home won, playoff. They also, yeah.
2: Early, late in the season, lost to the Titans at home and to the Bucks at home. And yeah. to the Bucks.
4: So Maybe so that's this a is myth? Not, Sometimes you pull up these facts, and it's like, who cares, it was a quarterback 20 years ago. Well, look, they also had a couple big losses at home uh, this year, which meant they had to go all the way down to Week 17 to wrap things up. So... The myth, as I refer to it, is that nobody wants to go to Arrowhead. You don't go into Arrowhead and win in the playoffs – Yes, you do. Arrowhead. I've never been there, but I was here. The, you guys talk about how yeah. fun it is, how it's loud my, it is.
2: It's my favorite place. Right. It's, it's like
4: you're in the SEC stadium or something, which is great. But the that doesn't necessarily game. mean that you can't go in there and win. So the idea that, like, oh, especially with Roethlisberger going, you think he cares about Arrowhead Stadium? No, he'll go in. He'll ball out. That game to me is really, really hard to call. Like to me, I think Green Justin Bay is going to win. Houston's
2: going to be huge.
4: Justin Houston is going to be huge. Uh, you know, Barry's going to be. How do you huge. stop
2: the Killer Bees? I, I hate know. that name. By know, the way, I
4: know. So right. The Killer Bees. Let's take a second on that. Is a horrible nickname. We got to stop using it's that. F two RR last show. names and a first name. No, I remember when yeah. like Garnett and Ray Allen and Paul Pierce got together. They called them the, the Big, big three. three. Just like a layup. Big Terrible. And they they recycle Antonio the Big Three all the time. In NBA, so. Yeah, there's only be one. Out. So Killer Bees is a lame nickname. Moratorium on Good Morning Football,
3: Killer Three
2: Bees. We'll figure it out. But Four you know B's, what, really? <laughs> KB?
4: You say you know
3: who cares about the myths and you know people at home are saying, well, I love that you brought that up and I love that you threw that out there because okay, yeah. For the fans, you might be at home thinking, well, that's so many years ago. The rosters have turned mm-hmm. over and things changed, New year, all that. But players, we don't remember because we weren't there. But we're very aware. <laughs> we're very aware of recent history. Like you go into Seattle, you know no one wins here. We're very aware of streaks. Like, and we try to distance ourselves. It's almost like ignorance is bliss. You try not to hear a stat. Are you not, try not to read the paper. You try sense. not to watch TV because once you hear it, yeah. you can't unhear it. Yeah. So for the Steelers going in and saying, oh, I don't care about us losing the last – no, you do care because you know now. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't know, it wouldn't be in the back of your mind. So that's why coaches say, don't read the paper. Don't watch the news. Don't look at the highlights because you're going to hear these numbers that are going to disrupt a little bit of your confidence. You've got a flow of confidence. Keep that stream Can you stream imagine how solid. often these
2: NFL players are, are t- Twitter searching their own names Constantly, right? And stuff after games, what their mentions look like?
4: And then you go and you're like, hey, look at this. Did you know that the Chiefs yeah. haven't it's won our playoff game in so many years and then yeah. it's out, right? What
3: it is is guys, they'll watch the highlights or watch our show or any other sports show just to hear the name. We love hearing our names, right? Sure. And all we need is just a name mention. And in the meet- what, what did Andrew Hawkins tell me today? What? Andrew Hawkins on the oh, yeah. show,
1: he goes, hey, man, I just want to give you love for 2011. I had a good game against the Steelers, and you called me out on television.
3: That was awesome. He still I remember. Like, he still has it on his computer. He still has
2: it on his
1: computer. After, like, after
2: uh, he was on the show, he I'm said like, that. who watches? Like, cool. And I, you yeah. think.
1: Like, and what happens say, yeah. people
3: watch. in the search for you listening for your name, you hear these, like, stats and these demons that your organization has to exercise, and you're like, oh, snaps. Now I got that in the back of my head. And we know that we can't get rid of it until those demons are exercised, i.e., Detroit Lions. It's like, yeah, oh, let's forget about it. It's a new yeah. year. new. No, no. They know. They hear everything. They hear about how they struggle against all these good teams and playoff wins. and oh, They know it.
2: All the home teams won wild card weekend. I'm sure it'll play a big part. Arrowhead's not an easy place to play, but, I mean, come on, the Steelers. Wow.
3: <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> there's something about this, this postseason where, you know, we're looking at some very strong skill player sets, some trios, some playmakers. They're sitting at home. And... Tyreek, Tyreek gets you going, huh? Tyreek gets me going.
2: But, I mean, which team would you rather have face the Patriots? Is always the way I'm going to look. Good at
3: question. It. That's yeah, a, a great question. I mean, it's hard to Who's say. Who's better it's built? To,
2: what What would be more fun to watch? Probably the Steelers. Taking yeah, on Brady. it might be Kansas City. What? Well, who can beat them? Maybe Kansas City.
4: They got that great secondary. They got Justin Houston, but they're then again, the, the Steelers'
2: quick. defense came to play. Like. I feel like
4: they what they did to Miami was biblical. That that yeah. was an unbelievable <laughs> ass whooping. Yeah, I it it was. was crazy. <laughs> it
3: was crazy. It, it, it was. It was like a high school game. In The first like ten January seconds January it was game. over.
4: Right. It, it, I've never seen that. I thought Miami was going to win the game.
3: <laughs> you okay, know,
2: So, so, pick which one would you rather see face the Patriots? I'd rather
3: see. I'd rather see the Killer Bees. Womp womp. I'd, I'd rather see those guys in that bad <laughs> nickname, but. I, it's a, a running joke we have on the show. Nobody's talking about Kansas City. And, uh, we I don't give it. them enough Nobody respect. The They're on the,
1: the top like of Alex Mount Smith Nobody's Smith Talking like, About Kyle, Us. What's, what's Mount Nobody's Talking About Us?
4: Okay, so throughout <laughs> the season, if you look at Twitter, you, the viewers, there's always fan bases who take turns being like, why not our team? Why don't you spend any time talking about our team? Disrespect. Why are you hating on us? You know, that yeah. type of stuff. So. Early in the season, it's often Kansas City. Historically, they sort of built Mount Nobody's Talking About as yeah. Kansas City. And you get it, because in that division, there's I been a lot, of, a lot of success. Kansas City, Messel for sure. brought
2: a gnome to the show. Yes. And it, had, it could have been a Chicago Cubs gnome, and we wouldn't have wanted it on the set, yeah. right? Yes, of course. But because it. The Chiefs fans went nuts saying, we hate the Chiefs. We're against <laughs> the Chiefs. That is not at all what it's about.
4: It was anti-Gnome, anti Chotchky. But
2: I'm saying yeah. it's just very, very, very sensitive, sensitive fan base.
4: Very sensitive. And then, you know, we've seen flashes this year of people yeah. being a top mo- – not nobody's talking about us. The, the Titans Dolphins fans have been up there. And then the Dolphins fans. The Dolphins yeah. went up there and planted their flag for yeah. weeks. It was yeah. like Armstrong top. on the moon. It was, yes. But so also the very picture.
2: appreciative when we gave them love on and the show. And then
4: you do. Mm-hmm. And then when you talk about them – they were nice. Sometimes when you start talking, about them, they'll be like, "What's well, about We don't time. want you. Yeah, we don't want you. Now you are a bandwagon. So <laughs> you're like, now we're a show." <laughs> no, Chiefs fans built Mount. Nobody's talking about us, and so here we are in the playoffs, and we're talking about them. Here we are.
2: All right, Texans, Pats, Shakes. The,
4: the, the symmetry of the, <laughs> the coaching staffs is what's sy-
3: interesting to me. <laughs> he starts Uh-oh. off talking about the symmetry. <laughs> it, it is a interesting.
2: Very asymmetrical matchup. I would no, say.
1: You no, know, God. I mean, this is a seventeen-point spread or something. I, I mean, it's look. It's tough to really get behind the Texans on this one. However, Bill O'Brien worked in New England. George Godsey, the offensive coordinator, was in New England. Romeo Cornell was in New England. Vince Wilford was in New England. Larry Isuzu. The 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 Texan staff is basically all castaways from New England, so you have to think there has to be some sort of at least mental edge as opposed to a team that had never gone up against Belichick and Brady. I These just guys, feel
2: like the mental edge lies with Phil Belichick, no and those guys. K, think the it's fact the opposite. it was
1: it was twenty-seven nothing with Jacoby Brissett. It's hard for me to get excited about this. There one.
4: was one second, just one second in the Texans Raiders game where I thought well, maybe, and it was the second that Brock Osweiler did some sort of chicken pose yeah. in the end zone after he ran and in. He's looking in the crowd. Yeah and he's like yeah i'm Brock Osweiler i'm tall as hell and rich I'm as hell back. and i'm just what about winning he's a playoff game the
2: clutch gene we, we don't know we're we not believing it here's
4: the thing kate He started one playoff game in his career and he won it last week was the biggest game of his life and he played really well now this is the biggest game of his life so look i think they're probably get beaten Schwank's, really badly i'm just hoping the Brock, Brock oh. market is you know that bull they got on their helmet that's that's the bull market right yeah, now is. so look I just thought for maybe a how's, second. How's maybe money at game. the very least, right? I also think there's a thing the disrespect thing that Bill O'Brien was asked this week. What do you think? I'd use the 16 point spread as motivation. No, no, I have nothing to say about that. I feel like you take an entire team of guys who say you're going to get killed this weekend. Yeah. I think they make it very competitive. You grab for the papers. Half, you put half. it up in the meeting room. Yes, I think, think they come out pissed it. off.
3: I do. You replay every single. Uh, but they've had better teams. They've had they about. had
1: a Matt Schaub and an Andre Johnson and they went in there and they got their ass kicked in. Yes. Yeah, I, I get it. They're going to do this time too. We've got to use
3: every single bit of motivation for a game like this. And I talked about on the show, you're going to have to create turnovers. I know it's that's like easier said than done, but you got to reemphasize to your DBs, hey, you know, no PBUs, go for the pick every time. You
4: were saying this today, take chances, take chances. Take pick. Right, exactly. Go for the pick you get, beat, you get beat.
3: Every single time Laguerre Blunt or Deion Lewis, whoever's running the ball, white, Yank that rip thing. It out. I mean, you rip that You do the peanut punch. It should be every single play. And when the defensive lineman and they're trying to collapse on top of Tom Brady and he gets the ball and you realize you're not going to get to him, stop, anchor your feet and just jump up. Yeah. Try to get tip balls. Like they should, they should. Be, I know that's something that every defensive coordinator tells their team, but after a while they kind of forget. And teams just say, hey, I just want to get through the game without making a mistake. No, no, reemphasize to them. It's all about creating turnovers. You have to. That's the only chance you got. And I don't want to say only chance like they're not a good team, but no, it is. you got to. You got to create turnovers if you want to beat the Patriots. If they can just
2: watch the AFC Championship game in Denver, I was there. It was brutal. Like, mm. Watch that. Take a page out of that book. It almost seems like they have those weapons. You're right, right? Like with merciless and Clowney, to maybe make that happen and to just simulate get, like just vomit, just get, get to him. Then. Just yeah. do it. But well, what they did to him worked. That's why they lost that game. Right. And they had a Gronk in that game.
4: That's true. And Denver in that game ran the ball well, but they had like a first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback, but he wasn't really that quarterback anymore. Right? He I'm hit Owen he hit Daniels, Daniels
1: for two touchdowns right away. I know Owen Daniels, oh, not that? the Marys Thomas. Owen oh, Daniels. That was
2: the right. bad Jamie Collins game? Yeah. Remember that? All right, the first game Saturday: Seahawks Falcons.
3: This is uh, this is an interesting game because
2: I still don't know who the Seahawks Trager's are. Trigger's working it.
3: Seahawks side. Seahawks.
2: Either. I. I I don't
1: know. I'll be on. This is the announcement. I will be on the sidelines for Fox. I will be assigned to the Seahawks all weekend. So Pam Oliver's got the Falcons. I've got the Seahawks. I will be finding out all about the Seahawks, but they are an interesting team because they're down Earl Thomas. They're down Marshawn Lynch. This isn't the team that we've seen come steamrolling into the playoffs, but. Last week, guys, Saturday night against Detroit, they sure did look like it. They you know, looked awesome. You
2: know what I really like about this fan base, though, is that they don't care about what anybody. Oh, they're says, so
1: confident and they're so or insular. They, but they're not the twelve. Yeah, they casual. don't.
2: They don't come after us when so we're critical right. of them or anybody is. I never hear. They just don't care. They're like. They don't – you know what I'm saying? And they yes. love, Do ever hear they love their They're Seahawks. never they – but they love them, but they don't care what we say. They don't tell us, why aren't you talking about this person? I kind of dig that about them. I asked
1: Garofalo because he's going to go into Seattle. He's going to be in Renton this week. Um, like, what's the storyline? And he said, you know, Richard Sherman. Like, what – because it's been a weird year for Richard Sherman. I mean – Easily the best cornerback in the football in my eyes right now. He's yeah. still the most talented. The numbers
3: when attacking him are crazy. The, how, no one can do anything against him. So he's down, going up yeah.
1: against Julio Jones, which is fascinating. Completion best, versus him is crazy. Maybe the best one-on-one matchup in the sport. However, Sherman had that meltdown against the Falcons earlier this season. And then this past week said he's not going to speak to the media. He's going to do it on Players' Tribune. He's only going to talk to mm. – Sherman is something to watch because Julio Jones is unbelievable, and here is a direct challenge of manhood. Julio Jones, the alpha <laughs> receiver, versus Richard Sherman, the alpha quarterback. Yeah. How do you stop him? Because I promise you they'll be matched up.
3: Julio Jones is a grown-ass man, right. and he is a beast, and I guarantee that Kyle Shanahan, he's going to go into the game uh, trying to get Julio the ball. There's some certain coordinators that go into the games against really good DBs and they'll just automatically pull their number one guy kind of off that list of plays called because it's like, oh, we'll use him as a decoy. Like, that's our strategy. everybody don't, they don't
2: else, have to throw it to him. They have a bunch of other weapons on that offense. They, they don't need to ha- force it to Julio. They don't
3: have to, but I, <laughs> You're saying we will. know Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. Kyle spot. Shanahan don't run from nobody. He'll take on Sherman. There My is God, a I game within that.
4: a game here. Like, that that is the matchup. And because this is the kind of thing, like, one of these players might be remembered for. Yeah. Like, if, if Seattle loses and Julio makes a couple catches over Richard Sherman, like, for the next fifty years, he'll be asked. Remember that playoff game you lost and Julio right. got you? Right. And on the flip side, if Julio gets locked up, Richard Sherman locked you up in the playoffs and you're like, like you're, "This you're is really a Like your legacy but you game. Get past Sherman yes, game. exactly. I you, you remember Sherman in twenty seventeen. Yeah. He got you though. Remember yeah. that? You, like when he's fifty years old. Yeah, right. Remember like the feeling
1: last year? I remember, you know, Beckham and Norman had their stuff. And then this year, when they were playing week three, it was like, oh crap, Beckham versus Norman. <laughs> or, or when Revis used to go against Moss and Jets right. versus Payton, that was Revis bias. Moss. Yeah. And Moss used to just annihilate Revis. And it was like what That's how I feel about this (laughs) one. That's how I feel about this one because I think, for all we talk about Antonio Brown, for all we talk about Beckham, Julio doesn't say a word. So you're not gonna get the soundbite from him. He doesn't dance. He's just Julio Jones.
2: Right. He's
1: six foot five. He's absolutely dominant. He leads the league in yards. Like he does everything. Maybe, maybe T.Y. Like, I don't maybe you have know. have a
2: 300-yard game? Well, to your point. Yes. You do. Uh, yes. Yeah. What? yes. We're game? talking about these games. We're previewing them on the show in the A block, the first block of our show, right? 7 a.m., and I'm given this game. I, what, what's the, what's what are you looking for in this uh, game? And I'm talking about Thomas Rawls, which is great. He had a great game. He crushed it. Critical. He broke a record last week. Critical for the win. And Schrager's like, do you remember the Julio thing? And I'm like, oh yeah, Julio Jones is on this team. <laughs> like Julio Jones, we should probably talk about him. That we played that clip yeah. on the show, and it got me so revved up. So I I overlooked it.
1: It, it was used. To, remember I me, mean, Nate, when you were growing up, Dion versus
3: Michael. Oh,
1: Dion. Sanders versus Michael Irvin. Yeah. This has that potential. It
3: does. It does. And it's exciting. This is going to be the game within the game. And I'll take it even a step further. Julio's going to get his looks. He's going to get his targets. I don't care if Richard Sherman's on a ball. They're him going to not. try him. They're going to try him. They're going to try. That's exactly. That's the perfect way to put it. But also keep your eyes on Taylor Gabriel because that umbrella, the top of that umbrella for Legion of Boom is gone. Earl Thomas is gone. Mm-hmm. And Taylor Gabriel is so damn fast. Attack so just imagine middle. if you have a bunch formation. You send Taylor Gabriel deep, just screaming up the hash, up the middle of the field, and then Julio widens and runs like a 20-yard in. Who are you going to guard? Because Julio's fast as hell. And if you got Taylor Gabriel going over the top, it's automatically going to open up that middle of the field because at at that point, the cornerback and the safety has to communicate, who's going to take – T.G., which is the fast guy, who's going to take Julio.
2: That's where the will miss Earl So it's, that yeah. is
3: the ultimate predicament they're going to put this team in. And what makes Atlanta special is because they have three levels to where to throw the ball. And this is why Matty Ice has had such a great season. When you drop back and you got somebody that you could throw to 45 yards down the field, 25 yards down the field, and then five yards in front of you, which is Taylor Gabriel, 45 yeah. yards, Julio Jones, 25 yards, and then Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman right there in front of you. That's hard to stop, and that's why my ass is so good this year.
1: Anybody? I, I just, just you, Sanu is there too. They're, 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 they threw touchdowns they're to 13 different players, an NFL record. They are so loaded in the passing game, and the, the Seattle Legion of Boom—they are damaged, they are broken. They are no Brandon Brown or, You know that's been whatever, but what? no Earl Thomas they're here. But they're here, and they've made it to the divisional yep. round. And, and that's all you can ask for. And
2: Russell win. Wilson finds a way. Yeah will be a great weekend, guys! In the Throwdown Round, do
3: it. the Absolute Eight Throwdown Round. Anybody
2: have a <laughs>
1: Eight?
3: Anybody
2: have a blind item? Give
1: a Playboy Mansion blind item.
2: Yes, or Whoa, explain hey the Playboy cow. Mansion to us.
1: You want to hear about the Playboy a Mansion, or you
4: want a blind item? Which do you guys want? Do Just give me
1: toys? what, because you mentioned in passing that you've been to the Playboy Mansion many
4: times, and I remember as a kid, I think as as a lot of kids it was like that was looked at as as a shangri la, the Playboy Mansion in Beverly Hills, whatever it was. So when I was about twenty three years old, I got to go. You know, I had visions that it was going to be pure hedonism, just, uh, you know, yeah. people in the bushes doing, doing piles botchery, of blow. And the grotto. And at the grotto. And so you get there. It's not like that. So
2: gross. It's not like grotto. that. Now, there was
4: probably a time when in 1976, and James Conn is so doing rails, like? whatever he's doing. So you go there. <laughs> this is the way it works. So we got to go. I got to go get invited because I was on uh, the show. I was on Days for Lives of the Times. The publicist sends over an email or on the list. You don't drive to the Playboy Mansion and like right. you know park on Hughes driveway or whatever. Right. There's no valet. You drive to Century City where the Die Hard building is, and you park in like the Hyatt parking garage. It's called yep. the Nakatomi Couch. Plaza. You drive by Nakatomi Plaza, and then you know they bust you. This and they bus you to about ten minutes to around Bel Air where the Beverly or where the Playboy Mansion is, and then you walk. What in. kind of a
2: bus? Like a school bus? No, it's
4: like an bus? airport shuttle, like an like airport shuttle. And so it's all celebrities, or it's like no. This is what's great. Okay, so. To go as a female, you don't have a connection. You're not a part of a PR staff or anything. You have to apply, all right. So if you're someone and your name is Stephanie and you're from the Inland Empire, Orange Con or whatever, <laughs> I wonder you, if
2: now they just go on Instagram and just it, meet they probably you do. Up. Probably. This is
4: pre-Instagram. This is about 2004. You send in a picture. You send in, I'd like to come, and then they reply to you. It's, it's like full meat market stuff, you know, like oh, your picture looks great. Here's your invite. So as us guys, when we're pulling up, we're going to the Hyatt parking garage. Now we'd go there. You'd go either for a Midsummer Night. Stream, which is a pajama party, or Halloween, which is a Halloween party. So pajama is a very loosely defined term for some of these women attending this party. So we would pull up into the Hyatt parking garage, and just there they were. There's 50 women in their underwears and their garter belts and all that stuff, dressed up to go to the Playboy party. The three of us guys get on the bus. There's 50 of these young ladies Mm -hmm. drinking, doing whatever they're doing. (laughs) Then you roll in... And you just suspect, you're like, all right, should I take it off now or take it off? When are we starting? Let's get this. No, it's not like that. It's very corporate. There's a lot of security. It feels sort of like a big bar mitzvah or something, you know, like just everywhere. Now, granted, there's women walking around wearing just paint, okay? Right, nothing but sure. paint. And you're like, wow, that's kind of interesting. And then you walk in, sure enough, there's the grotto. And you again, I see I'm, like Rick Fox and Polly Shore. What's going on like, the is a, is, is, in the grotto, I mean, nothing. I'm, okay, this is funny. First time I ever went there, no <laughs> one swims because everyone's dressed up in their costume. Swimming in the pool butt naked was China, China Doll, the yeah, wrestler the who died. Wrestler. Yeah, oh, she no. died, the female. She's swimming around, singing. I'm like, this is kind of cool. And then you start to see the celebrities, and it's not like, it's Clooney isn't showing up George Clooney's not there Brad Pitt's not there The guys who I'd always see Bill Maher there Every single time <laughs> Every single time yeah. Craig Kilborn was there Every Cuban single Jr. time <laughs> Cuba Jr. Cuba <laughs> Jr. I never saw Adrian Grenier Because Entourage was just I think was about to become a thing yeah. He was always there I saw Pauly Shore there So a very strange mismatch of, of uh, I feel like David Spade was I was going to say
2: David big, Spade big. Spade was go.
4: probably there Spade was probably that. There. Uh, Love it
2: What kind of Is there food?
4: There's a ton of food. Tell me what of, food. Kind of food, ton of drinks, you name it. Ton of yeah. food, ton of drinks. Spreads of you know the shrimp and the the raw so bar are and the pizza. Are you eating? Stuffing my face, really? eating. Yes, so drunk. And then, what's crazy is you can like walk amongst the grounds and there's there's monkey cages and there's like a zoo and there's tennis courts and stuff like that. And
2: did you see Hugh?
4: All the time. You always see him. And he's got an, he's there. And he's got that robe on. And he's got you know. Six women on his right and six women on his left. Is he left. like playing
2: a character or is it yeah.
4: genuine? No, I think he's there just for appearances. At this point, you know, he's old, like right, really old, I'm even at bad that bad point. Ben. No, I, I, good I think that they get him out on the dance floor for a second and they put the camera <laughs> I mean, whatever he's on him having. There's the lights and he does a little Nate, dance. Yeah, you and ever they invited? Put him to bed. Um Yeah, I was invited to the Playboy
3: Mansion and. In- uh, Los Angeles, but I never went though because I was always in Seattle or in a different state. I did go to the Playboy party in Arizona the first time the Super Bowl was there. Yeah, those were uh, fun. That was over a decade ago, I believe, at this point. Giants Patriots. Yeah, and I, I remember uh-huh. getting there and I'm thinking like, holy smokes, thinking the same thing. It's about to be chaos. Yeah, let's go. Where's the women? Where's right. the naked bodies? Yes. Where's the body shots? <laughs> you know, I'm young and I'm just like, I want to see something fun that I can tell my boys about. And I get up in there and there's just all these celebrities, all these beautiful women. And then I remember one particular point, there's this guy that walks in, surrounded by about seven or eight uh, security guards. I'm like, who is that? It's Kyle Brent. <laughs> and then one of the security guards kind of bump into <gasps> me, and, and I'm like,
2: jacket like whoa,
3: bro, like, watch He's like, excuse me, didn't say anything. I'm like, damn, that must be a huge star. So the guy makes his way to the booth, and I'm thinking, like, who is this guy? Like, I can't wait. I'm sitting there just, like, looking. And everybody else was, because he's the one guy with the biggest entourage. And there were celebrities there. Trigger,
2: like, another guest, please.
3: There were some cool Triggers guys. the
2: there. best guess? Vin
3: Diesel. No, no. He walks up and he gets right by the DJ booth and I'm so far away cuz this is in like a warehouse in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. I'm looking at him. Malcolm Jamal smokes. Warner. No. No, no, no. <laughs> from the Cosby. he was like Theo uh, from the Cosby's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Malcolm in the Middle would have been a closer guess. Freddie. He was like yeah. the, he goes Frankie, yeah, he, <laughs> he was like he got up there, he grabs the mic and he's like "Yo!" I am Mick and I'm like, oh, Mick Lovin', get out of here. I was like, yo, that's Mick He had all the girls around him. Yes. I was like, yeah, that guy's I need name. To be in a movie because they are get them, kidding all me. the girls. Minsplaci M- 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 or something. <laughs> wow. Mince yeah, it's a
4: good time.
2: So, those are some not some not blind items. We just put a bunch of celebrities on blast, which I love. Great stuff from you. You said Bill
4: Maher, and we all went, ha! I'll go out with a blind item. This is the same story. Yeah. One of the guys I used to see there all the time, including one time blasted, 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 <laughs> like wildly tongue-kissing with one of the Playboy uh-huh. play- playmates. Legendary, and I don't use that word loosely, legendary NFL quarterback. That's all I'll say. Oh, ah! full, full, disgusting freshman year in high school, French kissing in the corner with one of these playmates. Legendary, iconic NFL quarterback. That's all I got. Nice.
2: And on that, that's on that note, see you later. We'll see you guys on the <laughs> show. You. Enjoy
3: the weekend, Enjoy guys. Enjoy
2: us. And where can you download us, Nate?
3: You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and also NFL.com slash podcast.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired.